You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My brain is like full-blown mashed potatoes right now. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I want to go to bed, and I want to sleep for 18 hours. Let's roll through the list of names that have been dealt in the last, like, three, four days. You ready? By I'm the way, ready. We're just also joined by Dustin Demeter. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Jack. He's <laughs> Peter. We've got Dustin Demeter, too. This is the Just Baseball Show, and uh, I guess this is coming out on Saturday the 31st. <laughs> We're recording at 447 Eastern Time on Friday. Deadline was 48 minutes ago. Now it's 448. But... Here are all the names over the last three, four days that just got dealt. <gasps> Joey Gallo, Starling Marte, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Nelson Cruz, Javier Baez, Jose Barrios, Danny Duffy, Eduardo Escobar, Kendall Graveman, Adam Frazier, Craig Kimbrell, Jorge Soler, and more. Is this the best deadline ever? This is one of the best deadlines I've seen in a very long time. And Richard Rodriguez just went to the Braves, too. On oh. top. I didn't even know if he talked about him. Like, that was one of the best relievers of the deadline, and now he's a Brave. The Braves did weirdly well. God. The Braves did weirdly well. They, they got Adam Duvall. They got Eddie Rosario. They got Richard Rodriguez. Who else did they get? Jack Peterson a couple of weeks ago. Jack Peterson a couple of weeks ago. You know, for a team that we didn't think was going to do much, I think they did a very good job for what was kind of laid out in front of them. I think the Braves actually kind of killed it. You took a very soft stance. You said this is one of the best deadlines ever. Dustin, is this the best deadline ever? This is the best deadline ever. I love it. (laughs) Like, think about all the big names that got dealt. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I don't know. Have we had had confirmation about the Scherzer-Trey Turner deal? It's official. Absolutely confirmed, Dustin. It's really official. It's wow. really official, you freaking Dodger fan. <laughs> That's kind of neat. Like, the Dodgers are really good. Wait, um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking no, right no. now for this tweet that Sarah Langs put out, and I got to find it because I don't, I don't want it to go unnoticed because it blew my mind. Ten players who are all-stars this year have been traded. Gallo, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Gibson, Adam Frazier, Eduardo Escobar, Kyle Schwarber, Max Scherzer, Craig Kimbrell, Trey Turner, and Chris Bryant. That's the most players to make an all-star game and change teams in a season in the history of baseball. God. Wow. Wow. I needed to find that tweet because I was like, that tweet kind of 
put it all into perspective what just happened these last 24 hours. I mean, the Yankees just got fucking Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. And then they just added Andrew Heaney. Don't really know why, but his stuff is actually pretty good. But is like Andrew Heaney going to be that guy? I don't even know if he slots into the fifth starter right now. The Was last he? like the last six hours, I think my resting heart rate has been like 140. <laughs> it's been crazy. Okay, so we, we got some fans here who did a lot of big things. We got a Dodger fan right there. You're a White Sox fan. Yeah. I'm a Yankee fan. We had my big Yankee riff yesterday. Dustin. Dustin, how are you feeling as a fan of the Los Angeles juggernauts? I was literally on cloud nine yesterday. Like I was just pacing my house, just thinking about the lineup that we're going to throw out there and the rotation. Cause like you, you had Max Scherzer, who's arguably our ace. You know, you got Walker yeah. Bueller, Scherzer. That's our one, two. You got, and then you got Trey Turner, just, just so dynamic, so fast, such a good hitter. I mean, I, I don't remember a team like this, like the Dodgers have right now that they've assembled. The bullpen's a little iffy, but aside from that, the rotation, the defense, and the offense, like, think of some some team that can compare. I don't remember you any You got team. Danny Duffy, and it didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. It's a depth piece. It's like, <laughs> hopefully Danny Duffy is like a guy who can come out of the pen and throw 95 from he the left will side. Be. He will be that. He's better than David Price. Yeah, he's better he than David Price. He was a legit ace at the beginning of the year, a developing ace at 32. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that tweet? Um, it was like the Dodgers have six MVPs and seven Cy Youngs on their team. Yep. What? Yeah. Yeah. Albert Pujols is a Dodger. Albert That's Pujols. Yeah, and it's funny, the worst player in your lineup is, an, is a former MVP in Cody Bellinger, who won it two years ago. Well, think about who just lost their spot. It's it's AJ Pollock, who who's better than always, Whenever he's in the lineup, he's like producing pretty well. Like he's yeah. like a one twenty WRC plus guy. Like he's a good better like, than average. He could help a contender. Absolutely. That's what's wild about it. AJ Pollock could help a contender if he's healthy. So it's just like it's just it's. It's incredible. It's the it's the all star team. It it really is. Los Angeles is the is the all star team. It's crazy. There there is not a single type of draft that you could do fantasy baseball. <laughs> even hop on a video game and produce that lineup. How about even get the three headed monster at the top of the rotation when Kershaw comes back? There is oh. not a world where you can imagine Kershaw, Bueller, and Scherzer with oh by the way Julio Arias is the four. Fuck. Peter looked rattled because Fuck. he thought the Yankees had a chance. <laughs> this is horrible for baseball. That's my thought. We got. Yeah, can you expand on that a little bit? Because we were debating about that earlier. You hate it. You hate I it. I hate it. I hate it. The Dodgers are, if I read correctly, $40 million above anybody else in payroll right I think now. it's more. I think it's more now. I think it's like 75. So crazy. Yeah. I understand the argument where, okay, if you have an owner that's savvy, they're going to spend the money. I understand that. If you have somebody that's passionate about winning, they're going to spend the money it takes to win. I am, and I have long been a proponent of the salary cap in baseball because I just want to see 28 other teams contend. But when the Yankees and the Dodgers are the two, sorry, Yankee and Dodger fans, but (laughs) when the Yankees and the Dodgers are the two teams that are dominating this deadline, all these other moves 
don't mean jack shit when the Dodgers just got Scherzer and Trey Turner in the same damn deal. And within 24 hours, the Yankees just got Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo to pump baseballs over the short porch. It doesn't matter. Nothing that anybody does matters. Wait, Jack. Jack, you're a White Sox fan, right? Yeah. Their bullpen is incredible. (laughs) Insane. Like the White Sox are still better than the Yankees right now. God, the White Sox are still better than the Yankees. You just got Craig Kimbrell, Ryan Tapera, and you have Liam Hendricks still. Pair that with Garrett Crochet and Michael Kopech throwing 100-mile-an-hour bullets. And Aaron Bummer with a – And Aaron Bummer, who's basically just Zach Britton. You know Zach Britton, the thing also about Zach Britton? Low-key throws 91 miles an hour. Remember when he threw 97? That's just not happening anymore. This is not the same Zach Britton. The Yankees failed to do one thing. They really failed to add any pitching at the deadline. Yes, the Yankees added Anthony Rizzo and they added Joey Gallup, but they didn't add pitching. Heaney. That, what? What? You like that deal? Yeah, he'll be fine. But he's not a game changer, and Heaney will be fine. He's not a game changer. We didn't just, like, also the, the worst trade at the deadline the one I think that mattered the least, J.A. Happ to the Cardinals for John Gant. Why even make the trade? I'm going to say John Lester to the Cardinals for – Also, yeah. Why make the trade? Like, what do the Cardinals – Cardinals just want to get older? Probably. They want Lester what, on the mature? Peter, let me tell you why Andrew Heaney to the Yankees was a solid deal for the Yankees. Tell me. First of all, they gave up absolutely nothing. nothing. From what I know, nothing. No. Andrew Heaney is a serviceable back end of the rotation arm. Let's say he gets hot and wins you five extra games over the over the course of the next, you know, 50 games or so that are left. That's the difference between you making the wild card and not. So you, who's your you five star right now? Do you think they made that deal because they don't think Corey Kluber and Luis Severino are going to come back, really? I think they made that deal because you can never have enough starting pitching depth. Never. I mean, the Dodgers have 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Dodgers, the Dodgers on another level, it's, it's a different deal with the Dodgers. What do, we think about, what do we think about the Padres not doing a whole lot? I mean, they did add Adam Frazier, but they didn't get rid of Hosmer. So now they have a hole in the infield where they have seven infielders and only four spots to put them in. You can only play nine. Frazier's going to play the corners. I agree. That's being crazy. Left to right. That's it. Yeah. Well, now they have fire. Myers. I combine. I combine Fam and Myers into fires. Tommy Fam, Will Myers, and Trent Grisham. <laughs> yeah, four man outfield. Yeah, you can't do that. So if he's playing the corners, who's getting the who's getting the boot? Will Myers. So That's you just upgraded from Will Myers to Adam Frazier in the outfield, which is a, which is an upgrade, but not a huge one. Think about how think about how dynamic the Padres offense is. How many different ways they can beat you. Would you take them over the Giants? The Padres over the Giants? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Giants just added Chris Bryant. The Giants got Chris Bryant. I forgot about that. Dude, that- we're on a trade deadline podcast. Chris Bryant is one of the Giants. Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to roll through a couple minutes on each deal. I'm going to yeah, do it backwards in chronological order. And we're going to start with that Bryant deal. So right under the tag of the deadline, I think this was 355 Eastern, 404 o'clock hard out. Chris Bryant 
from Chicago to San Francisco for Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian. Both, I think, top 15 guys in the Giants system. Canario, the number nine player in the Giants system. I, it feels like, especially with what the White Sox had to give up for Craig Kimbrell, it feels like the Giants kind of got away with highway robbery there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Canario, is he's got some upside. He's got a lot of bat speed. He's really similar, though, to a lot of the, a lot of the other Giants prospects. They, they're all high-ceiling guys. Um, a lot of outfielders, the Giants dealt from a place of depth in their minor league system. Um, I mean, think it's even better for the Giants. They literally dealt from strength and they didn't yeah, give up a whole lot. It was an incredibly good move from the Giants' perspective, in, in my opinion, for sure. I mean, Canario, he's definitely not as good as Ramos, Mato, Matis, and um, there's one more, but Bishop. they've got a They've got a good system of, of guys with high ceiling outfielders. So they dealt from a, a, a place of strength, and and that was an easy, easy deal for them. Do that 10 out of 10 times. If you're the Cubs, are you happy about that at all? I guess. <sighs> like, Canario's got some Don't throw a rental. A little bit, but – a rental. No, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't a big deal at all for the Cubs. I, I thought they'd I, get art. I thought they would too. I thought it would be Bryant for Bart straight up. If we're being totally honest, makes sense. And that kind of, that's kind of how the Mets deal went with Javi Baez. Yeah. Let's talk about that one. Javi Baez and Trevor Williams from Chicago to the Mets for Pete Crow Armstrong. Before we even talk about the trade swaggiest infield duo of all time. They're boys. They're boys and they're swaggy and they know what they're doing. But both of them can't hit right out. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Javi Loki is one of the league leaders in errors, and nobody talked about it. Everyone's <laughs> talking about he's this amazing defender. And I get it. Errors are not a perfect way to evaluate a defensive player. Because no, if you're faster and you have better range, you can get to more balls, maybe get your glove on that ball that might go past someone and be a hit. But for you, it bounces off your glove and it's an error. I get it. But he's still the, one of the league leaders in errors. Like, that still matters. And you're going to put him at second base, a position he's never played before, and you gave up a really good outfield prospect. I mean, Dustin, you know all about Pete Crow Armstrong. Came out of Harvard-Westlake high school guy. Like, he was legit, and they just kind of gave him up for, you know, I like Javi Baez, but I don't know. I well, feel like it's an overpay. Well, Javi Baez has played a lot of second base, actually. Uh, Peter, I'm sure you remember. You probably just misspoke, but he remember when Ad- Addison Russell was the Cubs shortstop. Even when oh, they were, oh yeah, you're on, right, second baseman. Um, I know that they like each other a lot. Like they're boys. Lindor and Baez are boys. There's going to be some chemistry up the middle. There's a lot of upside in both of their bats. I think Lindor. I think Lindor is like having some like some second thoughts about signing with the Mets. From like, remember, did you guys see the interview of him like saying like, oh, I just wanted to hear if they were booing me after he hit a home run. He's not in a mental state right now. So I think if you get him in that good mental state, you get Lindor back, like Francisco Lindor, the guy you paid for the the best shortstop in baseball, maybe minus Fernando Tatis and you get him back, you add Javi Baez, who's Maybe that works for him. incredible defender, incredible, capable of leaving the yard at any time. 
I think it was Pico Armstrong. He's he's just super young, so you'd never know with those guys. But I mean, he's obviously a great prospect. But I mean, Both I like it, like it for the Mets. You like it for the Mets. So who would you say would win that deal? Both of you. I think it's a no-brainer for both sides, and that's my like. I think it's a no-brainer for both sides. I think I don't. I'm not as down on Javi Baez as most people are. I know he's having the swing and miss issues, but I mean, I think you get these guys in a more comfortable situation, and I think they're going to produce better. So here, here are my thoughts on that, real quick. Javi Baez had flirted with the idea of teaming up with Frankie Lindor in free agency this yeah. year. So I think what just happened was the Mets are getting a four-month trial of Javi Baez and seeing if it can work out well. They don't need to sign Javi Baez for uber expensive like we thought he might be. He has proved that he is going to be a cheap free agent guy this year, and I think that is going to turn out to be the case. I think they have a chance to pitch playing in the same middle infield as Francisco Lindor, and this can turn into a lot more than a rental. For the Cubs side, the idea of Brennan Davis in center, Pete Carreau, Armstrong in left or right, and then the tandem of Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal in the middle infield, that's hot. For the next five years, that's hot. That is good. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? You want to talk about that Kimbrel deal? Yeah. Let's talk about your White Sox. Like, they did a bunch of moves. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, shit, dude. Kimbrel from the Cubs to the White Sox for Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer. Let's talk about the return. That's a massive haul. I think that is the biggest haul for the Cubs. That Cubs are great there. It's amazing. Nick Madrigal. So, Chris Ranji, 670 the score. He's he's currently in for Danny Parkins right now. And and I was just listening to their immediate reaction, A, because my uncle was talking about it, and I respect his baseball mind, but B, because I want to know what the local sports talk scene is saying about these deals right away. And Chris Ranji, who hosted White Sox pregame forever, brought up a great point. There is so much value in knowing what you're going to get. And while, pre, while Pete Crow Armstrong poses the possibility of being a 300 hitter with 25 bombs, you know that Nick Madrigal is a 300 hitter. You know. You know that he's probably not an all-star starter second baseman, but you know you're getting 290 to 310 with him every yeah. single year. And Cody Hoyer legitimately has closer potential. The guy is so good. I love watching Cody Hoyer throw. I agree. I thought I thought it was an overpay easily from the White Sox. But at the same time, you you just created a super bullpen. Like yeah. back when the Yankees were like 27, 2017, 2018, yep. when they were throwing when they were ending games in the sixth inning. That's what the White Sox have right now. And once Eloy is back, once Luis Robert comes back, it's a dynamic offense. Losing Madrigal hurts a lot. And that's why I think it was an overpay. Uh, Cody, At least they now fill in. They fill in with Cesar Hernandez, which is fine. Fine. It's he's fine. a good player. He's, yeah, a, he's a good player. player. He's a good player. He's a good fit for that lineup too. Good fit for the lineup. I agree. I agree. He has good at bats. Plays good defense. He's a, he's just a solid player. With all those dynamic top talents around him, like he's going to really thrive. Um, I White mean, Sox just came out of this deadline with Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimbrell. Listen, like, that's, that's crazy. That's really good. Out of nowhere, kind of. Couple of quick thoughts on the White Sox here. Um, Cesar Hernandez helps because a lot like the Yankees, White Sox, we know best team in baseball against left-handed pitching, mm-hmm. best team. 
but against right-handed pitching, you just don't really have lefty bats. Cesar Hernandez is a switch hitter. Nick Magical is a right-handed bat. That helps. You know, you compared it to the Yankees, Dustin. I'm going to compare it to another AL Central team. When the Royals won the World Series, game was over in the sixth inning because you threw Herrera in the the seventh, you threw Wade Davis in the eighth, and then Greg Holland in the ninth, and you could fill in with any other guy. So now I see Bummer in the seventh, Hendricks in the eighth, Kimbrell in the ninth, vice versa with those eighth and ninth guys, and you fill in with Kopech, and you fill in with Crochet, you fill in with whoever the hell, Tapera. I think Tapera should be the seventh inning guy. He's I mean, been on one year this year. He's been phenomenal. Maybe he's better than Bummer right now. Incredible bullpen. Incredible. It's probably the best, the best in bullpen in baseball. Yeah, it's the best bullpen in baseball. They have that dynamic offense. I mean, you could see it they need Lucas Giolito to be Lucas Giolito. And then if that, if that happens, they're coming out of the AL. JP Morosi, MLB Network, he said that and he posed this idea. I really enjoyed hearing this idea. Liam Hendricks has been a long man at points. You know, he goes two innings. He gets six out saves. He gets seven out saves. Why not use him like Cleveland used Andrew Miller, where you throw him mm-hmm. out there for a high leverage sixth, let him go the seventh, bridge the gap to Tapera in the eighth, and then Kimbrell in the ninth. Shit. The world is our oyster right now. Yeah, and that's why that's why Jack screw you. You were talking about at the beginning, like oh the Yankees, they added all these guys, and now they're big markets. While the White Sox are literally better than them still, they also added a bunch, and the Astros added a bunch to their bullpen too. Yeah, man, what they're talk doing. About that. The Yankees are probably still the third best team in the in the, the AL East, and we're talking about them dominating in big markets. No, the Dodgers just keep dominating. That's what we're dealing with here. The Yankees did well, but they didn't. It didn't put them over the top. They needed to add a Barrios or a Scherzer or a legit number one, number two pitcher, or they aren't going to compete for a World Series. They may scrape in and get a second wild card. But the A's are still really good. The A's added Marte, and the Rays are still really good. A's added Marte. They also added Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison. Uh, here's the, the deal I want to talk about. That happened earlier today, and we got flooded this afternoon. Jose Barrios from Minnesota to Toronto for Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson. The Twins did amazing there. Amazing. Amazing there. Justin, what do you think? I mean, I thought it was so similar to the Dodger deal for Scherzer and Turner. So with Barrios, you got that extra year of control. So they control him through 2022. Um, Which is big. Austin Martin. They'll be good next year too. Yes. Austin Martin is an incredible hitter. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a really good hitter. I think he's going to hit, you know, 300 with like good on base percentages. Wow. I don't think he's going to slug. I don't think he has a position. Um, I really believe in the bat, though. Um, but smart the other, hitter. Remember we were watching him in the Futures game? Smart hitter. Has good at-bats. Yeah. I mean, he just he consistently puts together good at-bats, and and that's that's really valuable in a lineup. It's a good complementary piece, but it's not, it's not the piece that's going to get you over the top. Um, in my opinion, I think I think the uh, – I think – <laughs> the twins i think the i think the blue jays did really well there like i really do i do like barrios is incredible when he's on to get out 
<laughs> Barrios is incredible. Like he has that breaking ball. He commands the fastball. He's got to change up. Like he's going to push you over the top. Like are the Blue Jays better than the Yankees? That's a legitimate question right so now. We'll think about this. Their run differential right now is plus 85. You know what the Yankees is? Four. Four. <laughs> so if you're looking at that, yeah, the Blue Jays are better. And then they just had Jose Barrios. But the Yankees added Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. Now their lineup is incredible. And Greg Allen is remains the best hitter in that lineup. Wow. <laughs> he said, he you said that. talked about Gallo. And did you get a chance to talk about Rizzo with Hubs? We did a live reaction to Rizzo. Oh, yes. So th- what other trades? What other trades even happened, Jack? A lot, dude. Uh, let's talk about this one. This was one of the weirdest trades that I saw. Philly got Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy, yes. and Hans Kraus from Texas for Spencer Howard, our guy Kevin Gowdy. And Josh Gessner. Oh, no way. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Gowdy drafted out of our rival high school was just traded? Yep. Traded it. No way. Shout out Kevin Gowdy. Kyle I was Gibson. Three for six really off him in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy to Philly. How does that make any sense? So the Phillies needed a starter and they needed a bullpen guy, but they needed like way more to be considered like legit contenders, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not wrong. Like they needed at least two to three more bullpen guys and they needed to improve on defense and they didn't do that. Yeah. No doubt. But did they have the prospect capital to get that done? No, they just have Bryson Stott and that's kind of it really. It's, it's, it's a thin farm system and it's a flawed major league roster and they added a good, a solid starter and a good reliever. So, I mean, that's pretty much what they could have done, in my opinion. Like, I'm sure they had offers out for other guys, but, like, teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the White Sox, they're going to blow you away because they have way better prospects. So, it's like they did what they could. You got to respect them for going for it. Wheeling and dealing, Dave did it again. But, I mean, you'd like to – you'd obviously <laughs> like Dave no matter what is buying – no matter what. He, he could be the GM for the Pirates right now. He's like, I think we got a shot. We got to buy. <laughs> How about the Rockies not dealing Trevor Story? Biggest loser of Stupid. the deadline. They didn't even deal John Gray. Or Marquez. Or Marquez. They didn't do anything. Or just another Loki, Ryan Tapia, still a Rocky. Could have easily traded him and gotten a decent return. Isn't Freeland still a Rocky too? Of course he is. They all are. I think they're the same team. I don't think they did actually anything. Is Arenado still a Rocky? <laughs> Troy Tulowitzki? Troy Tulowitzki is still a Rocky. Larry Walker is still Hell on that yeah. team. Hilton. Yeah. You know what the Rockies are? They are the angels of the National League. Way worse. They're, they're way worse because they have less talent, but like. <laughs> they have less talent. About Arenado and Trevor Story, like all these guys, and they just. They just won't. They're they're so stubborn. You know purgatory. it. Like, purgatory. Purgatory. Just, but it's like it's not even the purgatory that maybe a team like the Phillies are in right now. It's 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 hell. Like it's just hell. It's you know what it is? It's bottom of the barrel. It's what they are. They're bottom. You don't of the even barrel. have a good farm system. It is no, no. They have a bad farm system. Like they needed they're... to trade all these guys, and they did nothing. Uh, <laughs> two more deals. Two more deals that I want to go over. One for the Red Sox, and then we got to finish with the Dodger mass, massive deal. Maybe biggest deal in deadline history. But Kyle Schwarber, is he the first baseman for the Boston Red Sox now? I know he's hurt, but when he comes back. 
I think, I mean, that's a good bat to add to that lineup because they have all those guys at the top. So just extending that just a little bit, putting Schwarber like in the six or seven hole, like he can run into balls, like he'll hit a he'll hit a bunch of bombs. You know, he's a he's a good bat. He'll get on base. He he extends the lineup for sure. He's he's a good complimentary piece. He's not going to change much for the Red Sox, but he might squeak out like a win or two with a big home run here or there. So I think that was a really good move from the Reds for the Red Sox. I mean, can he play first base? Like, we have no idea. No idea. I think he's played one major league game at first base. Yeah, so, I mean, we really don't know because you obviously got J.D. Martinez locked up in the DH spot. Right. Verdugo's in left. I mean, they got they got guys in the outfield. Schwarber is not a good outfield defender. It's tough to play defense in Boston because of the weird dimensions there. So you're banking on Schwarber being able to play first base at a league average level, even if he's below average at worst, because the bat is real. Yeah, the bat is legit. I think if you if you ask Red Sox fans, would they rather Kyle Schwarber and his bad defense at first or Bobby Dalbeck? They're <laughs> saying like Kyle Schwarber as soon as I said Bobby Dalbeck. Like like immediately. No break. No so I think Red Sox fans are happy. They also didn't give up anything for him. It's basically free. And I know he's hurt right now, but it's still Kyle Schwarber who's got 25 bombs. Like he could hit another 10, 15 for the Red Sox and be like a six, seven hitter and be still legit. And Red Sox fans are comparing the Schwarber deal to the Rizzo deal, but the Rizzo and Schwarber deals are kind of different because the Cubs ate up a lot of that salary. So the Yankees gave them better prospects in return. While now, if I'm not mistaken, the Red Sox need to pay a lot of Schwarber salary. And so they didn't give up much. So it's kind of like pick your poison. Do you want to pay more or do you want better prospects? Cubs chose better prospects. Nationals chose money. So this is the biggest deal in trade deadline history. I think it might be. I mean, there was a, Dodgers have done this before, it seems like. But it's this, incredible. this is big. This is three Cy Youngs and a Hall of Famer along with a top. What did we do? We called him the third best shortstop in baseball? Trey Turner? Yeah, when you already yeah, had top five. Three. Yeah. And in his last 155 games, he has... 33 home runs and 30 stolen bases. So and 327. This is not this is Dude. not renting both. Trey Turner has another year of arbitration. Oh, they're Dodgers. Trey Turner is a Dodger. Trey they're Turner Dodgers. might be the shortstop, but Turner is going to be the second baseman when he gets off this COVID IL. And Corey Seager is going to be the shortstop for the Dodgers in October. This is I don't know. I, I can't wrap my head around the magnitude of this deal. It's humongous. And, and what happened is simple. You got your three-time Cy Young Award winner, and you got your top three shortstop in baseball. And you decided to let go of your number one and your number two prospect and a couple other guys. So they didn't give who, up who nothing. gives a shit? They didn't give up nothing. The Dodgers absolutely stole those two guys. And the Nationals <laughs> actually did Damn pretty well. Like Josiah Gray, that hurts a little bit. He's going to be really good. I really believe I that so. he's going to be, he's going to be a two or a three with an outside shot of being an ace. Keeler Weed, I've never really liked, <laughs> and even though he's putting up, he's he's putting up big stats right now, huge stats in AAA, big approach change at the plate that he desperately needed. I still, I there's been makeup questions, which is something that you just kind of stray away from. I don't know anything about the other two prospects they gave up, and I know the Dodgers system pretty well, so 
I mean, and you add Max Scherzer, who, who, who's a Stop number giggling, one. you dick. Yeah. Who's such a number, an asshole. You're, you're just like evil laughing there sitting to yourself. <laughs> who's a number one on 95% of the teams in Major League Baseball. Is he, is he the third best pitcher in baseball right now? He's up there. He's top five, no doubt. He's got the, the stupid K percentage. Um, the whip is stupid. I mean, the stuff is unreal. Do you slot him in at number one or number two behind Bueller? I don't know. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Walker reason, Bueller has pitched some amazing games for the, the dog. The reason why you like Scherzer so much, he's a dog. Like, he's that yeah. guy who wants the ball in the postseason. He wants the ball in game seven, similar to Bueller. They're, but it's Max Scherzer. Two, it's two legit number ones, like two arguably top five pitchers in baseball. Bueller is leading the league in innings, by the way, which is incredible because he's never been a guy who's thrown a lot of innings. So you've got two legitimate guys that nobody wants to face ever. And then you got Julio Arias, who has proven himself time and time again, big game pitcher, closed out the World Series for the Dodgers last year. And then you got Clayton Kershaw, and it's like Hall of Famer. <laughs> like it's First ballot. Good. Like, are you kidding me? As pitcher since Nolan and then Ryan. Trey Turner. Trey Turner is such an incredibly dynamic player. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. He's gonna hit 300 to 320. He's gonna hit bombs. He's gonna hit doubles. He's gonna play decent defense at second base. And he's just like he puts so much pressure on the defense constantly. That's too hot for the shortstop, and it's a potential hit. Like, that's so incredible. And the Dodgers just extended their lineup to one through eight. It is absolutely incredible. The only easy out right now in that lineup, and easy as a stretch, is the 2019 MVP. The 2019 MVP. It's so fucked. It's it's fucked up. It really is. Like, it's – even if they – they're – they're gonna they're gonna walk their way to the World Series. I think it's gonna be pretty crazy to watch. You got anything to add, Pete? No, <laughs> no, no. I want to <laughs> run you through this calendar for Chicago sports. Uh, this is from Matt Spiegel. Kimbrel and the White Sox at Wrigley, August 6th through 8th. White Sox at Cubs, August 6th through 8th. Rizzo and the Yankees at guaranteed rate to see the White Sox, August 14 and 15. Bryant and the Giants at Wrigley, September 10 through 12. Schwarber oh, and the God. Red Sox at the White Sox, September 10 through 12. And of course, September 10 through 12, that 12 is NFL Week 1. That's Bears Rams on Sunday night. So Chicagoans are in for hog heaven. September 12th. What is the general vibe around the Chicago Cubs at this point? Have you heard from that? Like, are they doing okay? Uh, They traded away their entire World Series roster. Yeah, everybody is super thankful. They're super sentimental, and they're super sad. Yeah. Uh, I think sentimental is the one that jumps out the most. Everybody is just, thank you, Rizzo. Thank you, KB. Thank you, Javi, for the memories. Um. But this this felt inevitable, and they got a damn good return for those three guys. K- Kimbrel no. helps. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Okay, 
dude, walking away from all this, still holding on to Brennan Davis, Pete Crow Armstrong, you just added. Nico Horner is still here. Nick Madrigal's coming in. Adbert Alzali is still there. Kyle Hendricks is still there. Wilson Contreras is still there. Braylon Marquez is coming up. And then you've got some young guys that have time to pan out. The two guys that the Yankees sent and then Canario and the other guy that San Francisco sent. Can we talk about the Yankees for a minute? Yeah. Because something that I've been racking my head around, what are they going to do with Luke Voigt? Because Luke Voigt remains a Yankee. You put Rizzo at first base. So now you put Luke Voigt at... DH, I've been hearing rumors that Luke Voigt at DH, and then you put just try Stan in left. You just put Stan in left field. Let him play outfield. Wait. That's so what you, you got to. Wait, hold on. You have Stan Gallo and Judge in the outfield, which is the biggest group of humans in a singular outfield. <laughs> Who's on, playing center? Play. Gallo? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that lineup is so big. Let's go through it. DJ LeMahieu, six foot four. Aaron Judge, six foot seven. Who's going to hit third? Gallo, probably. Six five, six six. Their number four hitter, Giancarlo Stanton, six six. Their number five hitter, Anthony Rizzo, now six four. How tall is Rizzo? Dude. I don't know. He's got thick ass forearms. That's all I know. That's all Just I care a thick to know. dude, regardless of height, thick, no doubt. Thickness off the charts. Yeah, two C's. Another guy who's really thick, Gary, still thick. Still hitting well. He's like an 800 OPS guy as a catcher. Yeah, worst defender on the planet, but it can hit. We'll take it. Glaber Torres and Gio Rochella, not shrimps, like 6-1. And then you have the best player of them all, the shortest of them all, Greg Allen. That's the biggest team ever. I thought you were going to say Rugi. <laughs> yeah, technically we still have Rugi at Odor. It's a well, big team. What do you guys think the they're going to do? Is that – do you – or – I just I, I kind of wish they traded for a starter now when you consider all that we have on offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the pitching and defense is still a big question mark for the Yankees. There's no doubt about it. The defense almost got worse. Not worse. I said the defense sort of got worse, but it didn't really because Gallo's a good defender and Rizzo is also a good defender. But it just seems like if you throw Stanton out there, our offense just seems like too big to be good, if that makes any sense. It's 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 still a little one-dimensional with the walk, strikeouts, and home runs. Oh, yeah. Rizzo, I, I think there's no doubt Rizzo sits in the three-hole just because he's going to he's gonna be the guy who consistently puts together the best at-bats on the team, maybe minus Aaron Judge, maybe. Um, I think your up-the-middle defense is still not very good. And you put DJ back at second. That's good. That is he's good. Been playing a lot That's of first, fine. which I don't like when he's playing first base. Joey Gallo, how how do we feel about him in center? You know, he's not a plus runner. Most of the value that he has on defense is from that cannon that he has. There's absolute Ooh. cannons in the Yankee outfield now. Like, yeah, you're not running That's for sure. <laughs> you're not running home. You still got Glaber at short. You still got Gary behind the plate. And you're still a little thin on the rotation, and there's question marks in the bullpen, but they no doubt got better. There's no doubt about that, but there's still some big issues with the team that I don't think the White Sox have or the Astros have. Jack, we didn't get to talk to you about the Yankees stuff. What do you think? About the trades? Yeah, just overall. Um, 
it felt like they stick to their identity that I thought needed to change. I thought that the Yankees needed to diversify just a little bit and they didn't they did. diversify. Lefty. Lefties, okay, but they got the lefty Giancarlo Stanton and then they got better than Giancarlo. Joey Gallo? Yeah. It's freak tanks and strikeouts. And but walks. better than Stanton. Ever I mean, so slightly. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Like I under listen, Joey Gallo's really good, but so is Giancarlo Stanton. He signed a three hundred million dollar deal. Like Giancarlo Stanton, very good at baseball. Joey yeah. Gallo, very good at baseball. Does it help to have two of the same guy, one batting from the left side, one from the right side? Absolutely. Is Anthony Rizzo still good? Is he still an on-base machine? And will he pump out 10 home runs at the end of this year to the short porch? Yeah, probably. But who's going to get on base for you when you need to get on base? Rizzo and Gallo. Judge. Who's going to steal second base? DJ. Who's going to steal that, second base? That's the big thing, Jack. Glaber low-key is stealing bases. Okay, one out of nine. Who's going to steal second base aside from Glaber Torres? Maybe. Greg Allen. See your pinch runner. Where do you? Oh, he is going to play in our on our team. Where in the outfield? It's it's Stanton, Judge, Gallo. I think I think maybe you're you're starting to do some benching Voight, benching Stanton. Like give these guys rest, and then there, you put Craig on the outfield. Space for all these immobile power bats. Yep. Yeah, there is. Their athletes are not as good as the other best teams. I agree. That's and that's why I wouldn't be calling them the be- even the best team in the AL East. But I think they have an outside shot at the wild card now when before this, there was no hope, it seemed like. They did this to contend for the wild card. I don't yeah. think they stack up well in a playoff series. They did this Brian, to try and sneak into the postseason. Brian Cashman did this to save his job. Yeah. And while they are very season. sexy moves. I think he saved his job. I think he might have. Being. If they make the playoffs. Yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, is Frank Cashman the GM? Probably not. I think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Might as well just end it on that. Unless we got any more trades to go over. Dustin, this was awesome, man. Appreciate you joining as always. Pete, I guess we'll talk again soon. Yeah, we'll be back on on uh, we got an episode to record on Monday. Top five GMs. Uh possibly post deadline buzz. That could be fun. That could be fun. Dustin Andrew Friedman. <laughs> Number one. Number Spoiler one. alert, Friedman number one. <laughs> All right, Pete. Uh, wait, hold on, Dustin. If we didn't do top five GMs, what do you think we should rank next? Oh, that's a good one. You guys you guys have ranked everything. Literally everything. <laughs> I, I don't know what else there is to rank. I'll get back to you on that, but you guys have ranked everything. You did it pretty well, too, so I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Pete, you ready? We're going to say it at the same time. Three, two, one. One. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.